Hey, man, I just want to say one thing to you. I just want to say, welcome to the Fizzle Show. <laughs> I liked that last time so much. God. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Chase Reeves, and this is the Fizzle Show. And if you are not new here, or if you're new here, then you need to know that we talk every week about, uh, you know, educational, inspiring, motivational, well, I don't know, those are the highfalutin things. We just help people who are earning a living doing something they care about. We're people who are earning a living doing something we care about, and we talk about things that are relevant to people like us. Whether it's making more money or figuring out what the next product is or how to stay more productive or how to have a better work-life balance, you know, none of these things end up taking care of themselves very easily. Even though we've got all the tools of the internet, it still requires all of this, I don't know, intention, this focus. That's what the Fizzle Show is about because you can either fizzle out or you can be sort of buzzing and crackling with energy enthusiasm and focus about the project that you're working on and that's what we want to help make happen in the world and today's episode is no exception to that what is that i don't know it's it's a good it's no exception no excuse it's no excuse there are no excuses there's no crying in baseball there's no excuses in business and this episode is about okay you notice that you're overwhelmed. You've got a lot going on, maybe too much going on. Maybe you got like an extra couple clients and it's like, oh crap, how am I going to do all this stuff? Or maybe things just slowly snowballed up and you're just realizing like, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. Here's what we're going to help you do today. We're going to help you break the seal on how to get out of that overwhelm, get your head back above water, and maybe... If it's necessary for you, be able to tell if you should hire out some help or create or hire some tools or some services or maybe actual like, you know, contractors and people that can help you, maybe even an employee. This is a really big topic for a lot of us uh, out there in the world because as we'll get into one of the biggest dangers is we just wait too long to get into this, right? But yeah. first of all, I want to say, Corbin Barr, how you doing over there, man? Fantastic. Oh, so enthusiastic. Yeah. Wait, at some point here, when you take off your headphones, would you shut that door that keeps no. opening up over there? You're just going to leave it? It's you like do a, it. It's like a podcast. It's I'm going to outsource this. I, <laughs> I'm feeling overwhelmed. Okay, all right, fine. Hold you on. You bitch. I love it. Okay, and Steph Crowder, how are you, Steph? What are you doing? I am so good, guys. I'm so ready to talk about outsourcing and making your life easier if you're overwhelmed, because we've all been there. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I love it. Uh, how do you like that? And yeah, that was, was really it. enthusiastic. Thanks. What a response. <laughs> and love it. Because you know what? The idea of hiring someone sounds crappy, right? It sounds like like all of this work, like all this rigmarole, like you got to bring someone on, you got to find someone, you got to figure out what the hell you need them to do, you got to figure out all this other stuff. But I think when someone, at least that's for me where my brain goes a lot of the time, and I want us to stop because we're not actually talking about going out and finding and hiring someone, putting your a job on a job board somewhere because there's probably things you can do right now that don't require that kind of stuff. Yeah, and but but you know, for some we might be talking about hiring somebody. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. But I think in addition to it feeling um, like a hassle, like yeah. you said, it also seems out of reach for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So we'll get into that as well. Love it. Okay, now Steph, you were talking on a Fizzle Friday uh, uh, recently where someone told this story that that made us kind of realize we wanted to talk about this. Will you tell that story you told us? I will. So we, uh, if you guys don't know, if you're listening to the show, we in inside of Fizzle, which is you know the place where you can come get community and training and coaching, we host Fizzle Friday every single Friday, and that means that you get to take part in small group coaching. It's super fun. It's like personally one of my very favorite things I get to do on a you know weekly or so basis. And this past week, we had a, a bunch of great questions, but there was one that really stood out to me. There was one Fizzler, Fizzle member, who came on and was talking about how she had a, a really, what sounds like a really nice problem to have. She landed a couple really big clients for her business, and they both happened at the same time. And it was just very clear. Uh, we do this on webcam so I could see her face. It was just clear that she was overwhelmed. You know, she was excited about these new clients, but she was, sort of had a little bit of the deer in headlights look where she was like, okay, I landed these two clients. How am I going to keep the lights on? 
and also do really great work for these two big clients that I have. And um, she had small kids, which I totally identify with because I have a toddler and I know how crazy it gets, not only in business, but also keeping things up with the, with the home life. And, you know, I just asked her, I said, what would it look like if you were able to get even just a couple hours of help a week? And she was sort of like, well, what do you mean? And I asked her, you know, what are the things in your business that you really hate doing that you feel like are time sucks? And of course, we talked about a little bit about email. And I just suggested to her, I said, you know, what if there was a way to get a person to come in and maybe do three or four hours a week for you and handle handle your email for you or at least assist you with getting through that inbox. And you could kind of just see like her shoulders just like visibly relaxed on the camera. She was sort of like, I hadn't even thought that that was an option, right? Because I think we think about hiring or outsourcing, getting a, a VA, which is a virtual assistant. And oftentimes we think it's going to have to be, like you said, Chase, a, a pretty big production, maybe 20 plus hours a week. So I think one thing that we're going to get into, maybe is going to underpin this whole conversation is it's really a great thing to try to think outside the box. Um, I think when we talk about outsourcing or getting help, whether it's with a person or systems, services, it feels like it's like a one-dimensional thing, but you can actually approach this pretty creatively to get the support that you need without breaking the bank. I love it. And now for some of you who already know you're going to be hiring someone or or bringing on a contractor or doing something part-time with someone, stay tuned because we've got some pretty hardcore tactics or, or techniques we want you to use to figure out exactly what jobs, what job description, what tasks you want that person to do because mm-hmm. there's just some tricks to that that can make, honestly, just make it all the fog of the idea of the thing going go away. Yeah. Like it just makes it so much easier. But um, this idea of hiring someone, and then, and then for those of you who are like, why are we talking about hiring? Like I'm just getting started. Just listen in because uh, you might be surprised at, at, to, to getting this into your head Earlier on can help like immensely later yes. on. Yes, and and way before the point where you need to hire. Someone. Yes, this can help a month from now. Trust us. Yeah, even if you're just getting started, this could be a big help to you in the near term. Because the big challenge here that we're really talking about is the difference between working in your business or working on your business. Right, working on our businesses can be really energetic. You can have inspiration, you can have focus and intensity and intention about it, you can feel good about it you don't get dragged down quite as much as for example, you know, editing every moment of the podcast can really, or like creating every line of code on your website it's like, you're constantly going over to Google to be like, okay, how do I call in this code and do this, that and the other and you're coming back Define those two things for us real quick, working on your business versus working in your business So working on your business is when you're looking at the 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 it's like it's it's like here's a car all right and then this car is going to be a part of an auto uh like a uh, uh, parade or something like that so the job that we need this car to do is actually to look really good and to function enough to go down this parade thing right and look awesome my goal is that like people are really inspired by it maybe it's for sale and i want someone to buy it from me right that's my job is i need to get someone to buy this car it looks it needs to look beautiful in the parade and 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 do whatever it needs to do there right well and that's all it needs to do is these these things here that that's my that's my intention right yep but if i'm sitting there tweaking like hey the carburetor is just a little bit off just a little bit off so like so when i'm going from like 60 to 70 miles an hour like it, it just has this little rumble to it or like, oh, you know what? Like there's this, I want to get new, uh, I, I want to get a new, whatever gasket, like just spark plugs. You're, like you're so out of your element. Little, <laughs> little things like this on inside, inside of the car yeah. that, that might not necessarily have any effect at all on the bigger, more important thing that this thing needs to do. Yeah. Right. Uh, arguably. Not my best metaphor. In fact, I'll just say it. I feel like every time you come up with a metaphor, you end up saying not my best metaphor. Corbett, you sound like my wife now. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> seriously, anytime I start saying something like, babe, it's like she goes, stop. No, <laughs> You're you bad can't at these. Use the word like. <laughs> it's bad. I, I think I follow you. <laughs> yeah, the idea is 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 I think there. It just yeah. why don't you tell me what the difference is between working in your business or on it? Well working on your business is when you are the CEO. You're doing the yeah. strategic 
strategy part of mm-hmm. this, if yeah. you will. Right? Yeah. You're thinking about the things that need to happen in order for you to accomplish the goals that you want. Being in the parade. Ver- working <laughs> in your business is when you're actually doing those things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. On versus in. Yeah. In is the worker B. On is And the when we job. get stuck working in our businesses, we lose track of the main goals and intentions. And when we do that, now we're all of a sudden a company without a CEO. Right. Yeah, and you might keep your head down and feel like, well, I, you know, I yeah. decided I needed to edit this video series and that's the only yeah. thing that matters. And, and weeks might go by before you realize, well, wait a second, things have changed. I don't even need these videos. You'll eventually, you'll eventually wake up and realize either like, what have I been doing? I need to write this ship. I need to, you know, change directions and get back on track. Or you'll go like, yeah, I, I figured it wouldn't work anyways. You know, things never work out for me. Right. Right. Like, yeah. like the, it'll, you'll wake up one, one way or the other. Yeah. And it's better to do the first way where you realize like, oh my God, that's right. My business has an intention, has a purpose. Yeah. I'm trying to get this to a point where it's earning enough revenue for me to support my family with it. Yeah. Right. And that I am enjoying the work of it. Yeah. So when we talk about hiring people, when we talk about outsourcing tasks, getting help on things that are bogging us down, we're talking about reclaiming, reclaiming and reinvigorating our work in our business. Mm-hmm. We're talking about staying focused on the things that matter. And, and what I love about this is it can, it can, it can enable you and equip you to work on the things that actually inspire and energize you instead of the ones that keep bringing you down, right? If you get bogged down enough, sometimes it just gets really hard to get up out of the muck mm-hmm. and get and look at the perspective and get the vision again, right? So I think there are some mistakes that people make when they're thinking about hiring someone. And Corbett, tell me what you think like the first mistake someone would make it is when they're thinking about it's like when they're like when they're overwhelmed, right? They're overwhelmed. They're, they're, there's like you're overwhelmed. Your 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 head's underwater. You've got too much stuff going on. Like before we even get into hiring someone or something like that. Yeah. What are the mistakes that people are likely to make as they start thinking about these things? Yeah. So one that that I see commonly and that I've been guilty of is. Hiring people without a clear idea of what you're hiring them for. Yeah. Right. Just, just feeling like I'm so overwhelmed. I need help. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, pick, pick the first person I can find and they'll fix things for me. Totally. It's almost like they're the magic bullet. Like I'll just hope to God that they get here and they have a clue of what looks like I should do. Yeah. And, and, of course, you want to give people latitude when you hire someone in a role, Mm -hmm. you know, to say that, you know, here are the things that you're responsible for, and I want you to figure out the best way to do them. But if you bring someone on without without feeling like they're responsible for this or this, then you're kind of setting both yourself and them up for failure. Mm. You're setting your business up for failure in terms of not efficiently using the money that you're spending on these people because you're not going to get back what you need to. And you're setting them up for failure because uh, they aren't going to have a clear idea of these are the things that I need to do well for this business, and it's going to lead to frustration and, and all kinds of things. Totally. So... Anytime you're going to bring someone on, you want to have a really good idea of what you're bringing them on for. Yeah, totally. Steph, when you think about people making mistakes, they're getting overwhelmed, they start thinking about maybe hiring someone or bringing someone on. Like, what are the, I don't know, what, in what ways do you imagine they might make a mistake? I think about um, believing falsely, the false belief really, that everything in our business. are things that we need to be doing. And the funny thing about this is Mm, this actually goes well beyond the realm of business too. My favorite example of this is actually on the personal front. It's thinking about maybe if you're totally overwhelmed and you're bringing in some revenue from your business, thinking about getting some help with like someone coming to your house to clean. So a house cleaner, uh, that's one really great place to start, right? But sometimes when we get in the mode of we're so overwhelmed, you don't even feel like that's an option to get help with, you know, maybe you feel like you should, like, what's wrong with me? I should be able to keep a clean house. It's not really about if you can do it. It's about if it's the best use of your time. So there's really, the reason that a house cleaner is my favorite example is because there's really almost literally no return on the investment of you being the person to clean your house. Like it doesn't make a difference if you are the one to do it 
versus if you get someone to come and help, then that only helps you focus on the things that matter. Whereas, of course, there are plenty of things in your business, in your life. So again, on the personal front, maybe spending time with your kids, not really something that you can outsource necessarily. I mean, childcare for work, but in terms of like quality time, that's something you want to keep on your plate. In our businesses, when you're showing up online, whether you're maybe podcasting or writing blog posts or doing your coaching that's not really something you know that you're you're correct in thinking yes that needs to be me but i think oftentimes myself included we i've seen and i see it a lot with other people we get in the habit of feeling that every task in our business is something that we need to keep and we justify it in really interesting ways like maybe you think to yourself I couldn't get help managing my email inbox because I want my correspondence with my customers to be authentically from me. And you kind of tell yourself these stories about why it has to be you just because it always has been you. So I think examining, asking Mm. the question, passing through the filter uh, of every task you do, is this like, does it really make a difference if I'm the person doing this? Like, is this a business critical task for me to be doing? Sometimes it can be hard to really see the truth on that, but it can be really eye-opening when you allow yourself to, to take a hard look at it. Yeah, this is, I think, a really big point, right? This is a huge point. One for me, like personally, I don't know if you guys have struggled with that as like, like if you resonate like as much with that one. But to me, I'm like, well, who can design the website? I have to design the website. Yeah. Right. Well, who's going to code the website? Like, I have to code the website. Sure. Well, who's going to edit the video? Like, I have to edit the video. Well, who's who's going to come up with the strategy or, or the outline for the course? Like, I have to come up with the strategy. I mean, it's actually gotten me in trouble with, with collaborations that I've done before, where people are like, "Hey, man, you're stepping on my toes," because I've just always like I think I was that kid. I don't remember much about school, but I think I was the kid who would much rather be working by himself than be working as just an integral part of a team, well, you know? Yeah, and you know, the there's a lot wrapped up in that. I yeah. think one of the things that leads us to do everything is not just that, well, this is my business, so I have to do it all, but yeah. also sometimes we enjoy those things, yeah. right? Those somewhat mindless, you know, kind of um, well, right, creative, yeah. creative tasks where you just get to put it on autopilot for three days and work on a website, it's kind of fun. Well, it's like the idea of of like the coder who starts their own like coding business and then within a short amount of time realizes like they can't be making sales for new projects and coding, so they hire someone to help with the coding and they'll do some of the coding and over time they slowly and slowly do less and less and less coding and they realize like a lot of them say like I wish I would have never left coding. Yeah, like, I love the I coding. Love to do. Yeah, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Being a manager sucks. Yeah. But all of us being business owners we have to first and foremost have the health of the business in mind. And we have to be able to critically look at the things that we're spending time on. And if cleaning your house takes you six hours on a Sunday when you could be spending time with your kids or doing other things that are much more important, then that's a great candidate for outsourcing, as Steph said, because uh, even though you might enjoy it, you could pay somebody $20 an hour or something like that totally. to get them to do the same thing. So that's a good return on that investment because yeah. you free up six hours or, or however long it takes. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this idea, these are, these are these, these mistakes are actually these false beliefs that people have yeah. about, about their business, that right? To mistakes. Yeah. One of them is the first one we talked about, like, Hey, maybe someone else will just fix this for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just end up going into hiring without thinking through all of the, the things that need to be thought through yeah. for a hire to actually fix this. Right? right. The other one is thinking I need to do all of the work myself. Right. Right. Both of these are false. What Steph said is you need to focus on the thing. And by the way, this as an entrepreneur, this is a, like, there's this moment where I think most entrepreneurs can probably point to this moment. I mean, maybe not you, Corbett, because like, it seems like you've had this idea for this, this sense for a long time. For me, it's only been in the last few years that I can point to the limitations that I have in the time that we have during any day or week or month or quarter, right? And then go and then look at the requirements that my business needs to, whatever to, to complete right. in order to put food on the table, to pay for the salaries, to do the things that we need to do. Right. And so the business becomes this thing that it, it needs to do its thing. And the game of business of indie business to me, the dream of this thing is to be able to see that like, yeah, you know what? This needs to be maintained and 
I want it to be heading in this direction that I think is fun, mm-hmm. that I think is important, that I care about. Yeah. I want it to be doing work. I personally want to be involved in doing the work that feels good, right? It's all this kind of, it's like you're keeping both and two skis going down the mountain. One of them is like, it's generating revenue. Yeah. And this, and it looks, it looks like it's going to be generating more revenue. Yeah. Right. The, everything looks good there. And the other one is like, I'm enjoying this. This is going in a place that seems interesting, spontaneous, and fun to me, yeah. or whatever that, yeah. whatever that feels like. That's really the game of business to me. And I think this idea of bringing on someone to help, bringing in tools or systems or, or services to help me in the in the midst of that is a total game changer. And one thing that we need to be taking more seriously, most of us who have never done it before, because it's just something that will eventually, if your business starts taking on, like like you get to a point where you can do it. It can enable you to be working on more things that give you that energize you instead of those things that just keep bringing you down and bringing you down and bringing you down. Yeah, and and you just need to be working, as Steph said, on mission critical things, the yeah. things that lead to the secret sauce in your business, yeah. things that are extremely valuable to your end customers, yeah, and the things that aren't. Unless it's like something that really lights you up and you can justify spending time on it, those are candidates to be outsourced. Work on the things that you can make an actual difference on yeah. in your business. And if it doesn't require your personal touch, your thumbprint, as it were, have someone help you with it once you get to that point where that can happen. So that brings up this question, like, like when it, when, all right, okay, I like this. You guys have got me thinking like, yeah, if I could focus more like the house cleaning example is just a perfect example. If, if I could just let go of that. Yeah. Right. I like that example too. Um, because it's, you don't, th- you, you often think that you need to outsource things in your business, but sometimes it's cheaper to outsource things in your personal life that will free yep. up just as much time for yeah. work in your business. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Steph, you said, yep. What, what does that make you think of? I just think, and this is, this is, I have to give like a special shout out to my parents out there, but maybe even moms in particular. I think that, I mean, we've all heard it before. Like you get like super mom syndrome where you feel like you really, you don't even take the time to to step back and question everything that you're doing. And I think before we hopped on, this was one of the, maybe this is another mistake we throw in the mix is not taking that step back to evaluate the whole picture. Chase, you talked a little bit already about working in your business versus on it, but also doing that in your whole life. I think we often, I can speak for myself, when I get overwhelmed, I start just trying to do everything faster and I don't necessarily, unless I'm careful, I don't t- stop and like take a step back and really look at the entire picture of how things are working, not only in business, but also in my household. And it may be a question of like, yes, I just need to get somebody into my house to take things off my plate that I don't need to be spending time doing like, you know, doing all the dishes on a weekend or whatever. But I think so often we just, when we're overwhelmed, especially you go into survival mode and you don't take the time to really challenge the whole picture. And I said this at the beginning of the episode too. It's like when you can really make yourself take that space, there's often like really creative solutions like getting a housekeeper, for example, that make it so much easier that you wouldn't have been able to think of if you just kind of try to go harder, 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 trying to keep pursuing inbox zero because you've told yourself you have to or whatever the case may be. I think uh, a lot of people get in the trap of um, feeling like, okay, I'm so busy and overwhelmed that I need to put my head down and work as hard as I can until I clear my plate. Yeah. But that clearing the plate thing never happens. Yeah. And you never get time to actually take a step back and look and see what's going on. Totally. So, you know, you you asked when? How do I know yeah. when it's time to start outsourcing? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people don't recognize until it's too late, mm. right? So what happens is we, when everything's going smoothly in our lives and our business, and we're able to wake up early every day and without distraction get to work, and we're able to put in the time that we need, and we have a whole clear week and. Everything just works because we've got enough hours and stamina and so on to put in. Then we're able to keep up with all that stuff. But at some point, something will happen. Mm. Someone will get sick in your family. You'll get sick. Um, maybe, you know, God forbid you have to take a day off in the middle of the week. And suddenly you don't have this abundance of time that you normally have, or you're just, you know, put in a position where you can't be the superhero that you've been yeah. until this point. Yeah. And then that's a breaking point. And you realize 
that because you don't have help, because you're operating at 105% of capacity, whenever that situation happens, you're going to, your client work's going to suffer. You might have a breakdown. There's all kinds of things that might happen. So I I just think that a lot of us feel like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can do it. I got this. I got it. No problem. And especially when things are fresh and interesting. Totally. But then eventually, like you, you just will reach a breaking point. Yeah. And, and so there's probably some signs, warning signs before that mm. that you should start looking for, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So like the, we have this interesting concept that we use here at Fizzle. It's, it's this idea of the difference between a tool, a system and a service. Mm-hmm. When it's in this context of when do you hire someone? Mm-hmm. When do you hire out for help? When do you bring on help? And I would love it, Corbett, if you kind of walked us through how we think about those things and how maybe we've used some of those in the past. I mean, we're going to have some examples here in a little bit, so maybe maybe save that. But just the sense of the tools, the systems, and the services in these three different categories for ways you can get help. Yeah. I guess you might organize it as systems, tools, services, and uh-huh. people yeah. as yeah. well, right? And you can kind of think of those in in terms of uh, how much they'll cost your business, right? Yeah. And just in terms of um, expenses. So obviously a, a a system, or maybe not so obviously, a system is a um, identification of the steps involved in doing something and an optimization of those steps. I would say. So it's looking critically at okay. Let's say there's something that I do on a repeated basis every mm-hmm. week. Like editing a podcast yeah. or writing a blog post. Well, when I sit down to do that, I might just kind of fly by the seat of my pants and shoot from the hip, and you know, hopefully it works out every time. But I might forget it, you know, one day from one week, forget something from one week to the next, or I might um, kind of change things up and then get worse results and not, and then wonder why, like, yeah. what, what happened. Yeah. So a system would just be saying, okay, well, in order to edit a podcast, there are these 24 steps. This is what I do. Yeah. Once you have them on paper, you're able to look at it objectively and say, should I be doing these steps? Is it in the right order? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. A tool. So is, that's systematizing something. That's, that's systematizing is effectively, I mean, really, more often than not, it's just making a checklist of here's the steps that we take. To make a podcast episode, to make a blog post, to yeah. to make a course, to whatever. Yeah, and and beyond a checklist, it might also have scripts or you know, uh, Steph used this this example. Steph, you were talking about emails that you write over and over again, right? Yeah. Yep. So this actually ended up happening to me. I he, I didn't even realize it, and someone just mentioned it to me offhand. They said something. I think maybe I heard it on a podcast, or I'm not even sure where, but. This person said something along the lines of, if you find yourself writing the same email more than three times, call it, you know, there's like a handful of times, you need to take that, copy and paste it and put it somewhere, one central place where you can always go to like your bank of commonly used things that you need. And for me, the example that we talked about before this was when I have an episode publishing, I interview a lot of people for the Courage and Clarity podcast. And I, of course, always notify the guest when her episode is going live. And every single week, I just never, again, sometimes you just don't take a step back and challenge yourself. I was just rewriting that email um, on like a you know Friday telling people, hey, it's going live on Monday. And I'd start that email from scratch every time. And ever since hearing this tip, what I've done is I've copy and pasted that. I have a Trello board that's literally just my most common um, templates that I need. So another example of this would be like your bio. If you if you do podcast interviews or speaking, and you find yourself being asked over and over again for your bio, having things that you have done it more than a handful of times, so that when you go to write that email, I just jump into my Trello board. I copy and paste the template. I customize it a little bit, and then it's on its way. And it sounds like a small thing, but if you actually start to notice how many examples of this there are in your life, it's it has a cumulative effect. Maybe not even as much for the time, but for me, it was like a brain capacity thing. Just so nice to know I don't have to worry about like putting the right words together. I can just grab it, and it makes things a lot easier. So yeah. you can think of a system almost as the documentation and resources necessary for anyone to be able to any qualified person to, yeah. to do that task or project yeah right and that anyone oftentimes is just yourself but it might be yourself two months from now 
and you forgot what you did last time. Yeah. So you're going to save yourself a bunch of time, or you're going to have access to these resources like emails and things like that. And I think that's this is so. This is why I mean that's that's the first step for a reason here, yeah. right? Because no matter if you move on to tools or if you move on to services or you move on to actually hiring people, it starts in your systems. Your business is effectively a system that generate like those systems generate some sort of a uh, connection with an audience and mm-hmm. some sort of growth and marketing some sort of uh Product. products and sales sales over here and it generates revenue over time it has this it's this very complex sort of thing yep. but it's a function of these systems that you use absolutely right and that's that's a next level lo- way of looking at business a lot of people don't start with that but you need to get to that point because then it's like okay you're you're a blogger well what does a blogger do a blogger makes blog posts well how often do you blog and then what does it take to make a good blog and what blog, like you know what i mean yeah. this is these are systems and then you commit to that system to that practice to that work itself and then over time if it's a good system where you know if you need to make changes to it but over time it will generate the growth of your business for you mm-hmm. you know and then you'll generate you'll create more systems business is effectively like systems you know cuz feels like nature's kind of systems in, in in another way there's that whole emergence of systems thinking that really turned a lot of like 20th century physics on its side, but like helped it make a lot more sense. You can read the Wikipedia page if you want. Well, and and just and think about manufacturing. Like something as complicated right. as, as a car can't really be built without a system. I mean, it, it could, yeah. but you might get one done over the course of a year or something, right? As, yeah. as a person. So a system is just a very clearly defined order of steps and resources that need to happen for this thing to come out the other side totally finished now ironically like like you can imagine how dehumanizing it would have been to be working in like uh in henry ford's factory i mean maybe it was great i don't know but you know in that moment where you're like just screwing caps on bottles just wait waiting for the whistle to blow yeah you know what i mean there's just this horrible thing where you're working you're just you're just this little tiny cog in this much bigger system but for our business, we can generate these systems and then we're the ones doing the work most of the time, right? Or we hire out to people who are glad to do that work. Yeah. Right. So I think sometimes there's this like that like I personally have had this kind of like I don't want to be trapped in a system. Mm-hmm. I want to be being an artist. I want to be being inspired and spontaneous, sure. right? And I think there's a systematic way of going about that. Once you realize like the that like the blog post or the thing that your business really requires from you. Yeah. It, there's like there's spontaneity inside there some but there's some things that thing needs to do yeah don't that's not your ballot those aren't your ballet ballet moments yeah you know what I mean right there's something about that that needed that I really needed to learn pick and choose your ballet moments carefully you, you gotta I mean <laughs> please bring your tutu you be a ballerina the whole time you can't okay so that's system so that's systems and and did we want more examples there. No, we'll go into examples here, and, and uh, let's do a second step of examples okay, after we okay, get through these. Okay, yeah. Okay. So tools in, in for most of us, tools end up being software. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, if every month I go and look at our expenses, and I see that as a business, Fizzle spends like two thousand dollars a month on various software yeah. tools that yeah. we use, from our video hosting to yeah. our email service provider to analytics, all kinds of things that we use. Totally. And there are different ways that those things save us money or enable us to do things that we can't otherwise do. Yeah. So those can be incredibly valuable. So those are tools. The next are services. And services are organized um, you know, uh, offerings from businesses that allow you to offload something that you might be doing internally. Yeah. And uh, have someone else do for a reasonable price, a package price usually. Yeah, yeah. One good example of this that we use is accounting. Yeah. Right? We have somebody do our books every month. Yeah. That's a really easy thing to outsource. A service. A service. Yeah. And then finally, the fourth were people. And yeah. those, by that, I mean people that you actually hire directly, either as an independent contractor or as an employee. Yeah. And have them work on all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but there are different responsibilities there. So totally. We'll, we'll cover those as well. But um, you wanted to talk about examples for. Yeah. So, but before we do that, I just think that we need to do a, a quick little like bing. Sound on on like here's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. I want you to do. I want everybody listening to this to do this one single technique. Yeah, which is going to help you understand your systems. Yes, right. But before we do that, mm. 
This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit. ConvertKit is one of the most fabulous email tools on the web. If you're building a website, if you're building an interactive business of any kind, you need to be using email. And ConvertKit makes it extremely simple to do what is kind of ninja-level moves in email. For example, you can... Like send out an email to everybody on your list where you like say, "Hey, look at." And if you're interested in podcasting, click check, click this and check it out. And uh, and anybody who clicks that link gets tagged with podcast interest. But maybe in that same email, there's another thing. It's like, or maybe if you're a blogger, you can check out this. And anybody who clicks that link is tra- is tracked as like blogger interest. So now over time. You can kind of create these two these two little groups, and so you know when you've got something to release to the podcast interest people. Super easy to go in, create an email, and send it juxt to those people who have shown an interest in podcasting. Now, this is called segmenting. ConvertKit makes it super easy. We love ConvertKit. We love the team there. Uh, we love what they're doing. It's a really, really great tool to use, and kind of second to none when it comes to that. Like you're building your business phase stuff, right? More powerful than Mailchimp, kind kind of in that like really specific segmenting way. Mm-hmm. Now, ConvertKit is giving listeners of the Fizzle Show. 30 days to try it out totally for free. They don't normally have a free trial going. So if you want to try it out, you have to go to this link. You have to go to fizzle.co slash convertkit. That's C-O-N-V-E-R-T, convert kit, right? So fizzle.co slash convertkit. Our thanks to convertkit for supporting Fizzle and independent business. Okay, so you've got to do this one little piece that kind of, that might end up being kind of a big piece for you. I mean, pour a cup of coffee and get ready to do this. But um, Corbett, maybe just just talk about this for a second. Then Steph, you've been quiet over there. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you in here in a second. I've got something. But Corbett, tell us about. Okay, what, what do you want to go now, or do you want to wait for after? No, no, Corbett, you go, and I'll I'll tag on after. Okay, got it. Go for it, Corb. Okay, so I think what you were about to say, or what you're leading me toward. Well, here. at this point, I can take whatever you got. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, the one thing that we want you to do first, <laughs> yeah is to sit down and list everything that you do in your business. Yeah. So, uh especially the things that are routine, but you can you can sort of you could do this over the course of a week, you could just write down every task that you work on or you could sit down at the end of the week and think about everything that you did that yeah. week and the week before. And then you want to think not just on a weekly or daily basis but also on a monthly basis, what are the things that I have to do every month and yeah. every quarter, that sort of thing. And just come up with a giant list of projects and tasks that you work on uh on a regular basis and things that were one off and get them all down on paper. Mm. Just to get a sense of the of everything that you work on and to make sure that you're not leaving anything out. And then we did this actually recently, about six months ago um, on the team. I think Steph suggested it actually, and it was a really fun exercise. So each of us contributed to a spreadsheet. There was a different tab for each person in the business. We listed everything that we do. There was some overlap in certain things like meetings that we have. And then we also wrote down the amount of time that we spend doing that on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. So we got a sense for how committed we were overall. And each of us were, I'd say like between 50 and 75% committed already before we even get to projects. Just thinking about things like, you know, showing up for Fizzle Friday, showing up for podcasts, showing up for the team meeting, writing this blog post or producing this video or whatever. Mm -hmm. All those things were already kind of commitments that we have. So this is kind of just, you know, Setting the learning what the landscape looks like, mm-hmm. understanding where you're spending time uh, on a regular basis, so that you can start thinking about what systems, tools, services, or yeah. people can I involve to help me with these things, and which and us on specifically which tasks, like yeah. which ones are which of these things you'll be you'll be blown away when you re, when you really sit down and you write down. Every single thing, like David Allen talked about this in getting things done. He says, you go through your house with a, with a, like a, a notepad 
and you write down everything that you that you feel like doing in your house that you needed to do in your house. Like, oh, I gotta I gotta patch that wall over there. I've always wanted to get a different armoire for over there. Yeah. Oh, I've always wondered if there's a, a painting we could find that would be perfect over here. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think we should move the bed over there. I've always wanted to do that. Or like, oh, this is this is broken. I'm meant to fix that mirror. You just write down everything as you go through the house. Write down everything. Yeah. You do it all. <laughs> you just like gave me like a sense of anxiety, <laughs> realizing all the un. <laughs> Done things that are waiting for me back home. Totally, totally. But the th- the weird thing is, I've done that. I've done it like, a couple like, times. I didn't secure that mirror to the wall. <laughs> oh no! You know, or whatever. It's like, exactly. Or that cabinet needs, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, but he talks about doing this because what those things are, they're all literally in your brain. Yeah, they're in there, and they're clouding it up. Mm. They're messing it up. You get them down on paper. You look at them and you choose which ones you're going to do. And then you do those. And the other ones, they file it away for later. Maybe another day you'll come back and go. But you know they're there. Now you can trust, your mind can trust that they're there. That's what the whole getting things done system is about. Let go of those things. Is getting your mind to realize that they're in a trusted place. You can actually let go and be, you know, zazen about it. Um, Steph, what were you going to say before? Yeah, love that tip, by the way. That's such a good one. And I think so helpful when you have that overwhelmed feeling. I wanted to just, I think this is a good time in the conversation to offer, shall I call it a disclaimer? That might be too strong. But one thing we haven't touched on yet, I feel like we touched on a little bit of the end of the spectrum that's waiting too long to outsource or uh, hanging on to all of the tasks, feeling like you have to do them all. I just want to touch on the other end of the spectrum for a second, which is, and this is probably really helpful for people I have this feeling that people listening can I self-identify like which way you lean. I feel like, you know, people in general either tend to take everything on themselves or I've also encountered people who outsource way too much, which we we talked a little bit about that. But just knowing what like where mm. your propensity is. Like for us at the Fizzle team, I think in the past if we went one, one way or another, we probably waited a little too long before we handed stuff off. I'll raise my hand and say that's true for myself for sure, especially like with editing my own podcast for an entire year. I don't necessarily recommend doing it for that long, but I also have another really good friend. She's a successful entrepreneur. And she recently, I know she was kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. She hired a team member for everything under the sun, including her Instagram posts, her blog posts, and her newsletter. And she, not too long ago, got onto Instagram and posted just kind of from her phone, from like straight from her own stream of consciousness. And she kind of owned up to it. She said, you know, I sort of went a little hiring crazy and I feel like I've gotten disconnected from the mission of my business and I'm taking some stuff back. I'm, you know, I, I realize I should, I want to be the one writing to you guys on Instagram. I want this to be my voice. So I just wanted to throw this into the mix because that was like a real, it really stuck with me when I read this post from her because it made me realize, you know, there's a balance here. It's great to get help, great to outsource when you need to, but if you, it's possible to start feeling disconnected from the mission of your business it's you know critically important to stay connected to your customers and to really have that lifeline so just wanted to offer that as like a counterpoint to the other end of things that we talked about already mm, yeah. and i think there's there's a bunch of stuff underlying that Steph. you know there there are people who earn a living by encouraging outsourcing you know uh, and so there's a lot of voices out there telling you you need to outsource you need to outsource and some people take that to heart um, others might just honestly think that the best way to operate a business is to have a lot of people doing different things. But there are also people who feel good about themselves by being able to say, I have X number of people on my team. Yeah. Right. It can be a, uh, a point of pride or something. And now with outsourcing, you hear people all the time tell you that they have like 13 people on their team. Yeah. <laughs> but what you, what you don't know is like, okay, how many of those people are working like one hour right. a week for you? Or In whatever? the Philippines or right. something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, it can be, I think, unfortunately, a vanity metric for people yes. to be able to go to a conference and chum around with their peers and be like, oh, yeah, I was just on the phone with my team member and such and such, and my <laughs> team member is working on this and that with me. Exactly. I remember people really early on uh, yeah. who were kind of like that. And, and it was always like, what? what? Like, yeah. how do you afford that? And how? And what are those people working on? Yeah, you know? totally. And I don't think they could afford it, and yeah. they didn't know what they were working on either. Or it, Yeah, it's, that's right. It's, it's, al- it's almost like we're talking about this, like, this, I don't know, this, this, mix this world where it's like we're trying to mix some of those things. You know what I mean? 
We're trying to mix a little bit of, of having, having teams members that can work with us, right? And that can do some of the stuff that basically it's like giving us extra hands because we, we created the system and we're like, okay, we want to, uh, we, we want to do this, 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 and this, but I only have this many hours in the day. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, well, I've got these three as a system that like, that now I can, I can actually get it out into the world. You know what I mean? I can actually get done. Right. So it's like we're trying to mix like both of those things. I, well, there's, a, there's some healthy balance in between. Yeah. Right. There's some, there's some balance between doing it all and not doing anything. Yeah. And on the not doing anything side, the danger is that you're outsourcing things that are actually critical to your business that you should be doing. Yeah. Um, and on the other end is, uh, you know, not recognizing that there are things you're spending time on that you shouldn't be. Yeah, I'll be damned. It's another one of those hmm. yin yang things. situation. <laughs> another one of those. Yeah, not too much of this, not too much of that. Funny how that works. Oh, interesting. Okay, so Steph, I want to hear. Let's talk about some examples. Steph, one of my favorite examples of this is your editing the podcast, mm-hmm. the Courage and Clarity podcast. Tell this story. <laughs> okay, so I just have to laugh because it's just funny to look back on, but it's it's great. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that I, and I talked about this on a very recent episode, may have even been last week, where we talked about how happy I am that I edited my own podcast. I knew nothing about audio editing. Uh, basically, when I joined the Fizzle team, I had a microphone shipped to me and I just knew how to turn it on and talk and Chase would do the rest. That's literally all I knew when I started the Courage and Clarity podcast. So I spent the past year, not only not only like perfecting, not perfecting, but really honing my audio skills from scratch, audio editing in particular, but I also became a better interviewer through this process of hearing myself and cutting things down and learning about storytelling. And it was great. I did that for 75 episodes probably. And ultimately got to the point where I was like, okay, I can just feel. And, and we asked this question earlier on the show of how do you know when it's time to edit someone or how, how do you know when it's time to hire someone rather? So I knew that if I continued to spend time editing, I was not going to have any leftover capacity to grow the show in any meaningful way. And I just kind of had that sense. So finally, after doing this for 75 episodes, I started you know, reaching out to people who I knew were using editors for their podcast to see if I could find a recommendation. And ultimately I did find someone and I was so surprised at how how great the price was. I don't know if in my head I thought this would be like some exorbitant expense. I really don't know what held me back. Maybe it was had something to do with the preserving the integrity of the show. But now I ha- I work with the same guy every week. He edits my show. I pay him once a month. It doesn't cost me very much at all. And it has definitely freed me up in such a big way to have more, not only more time to work on things, but also just more brain capacity. I've had better ideas. I've had some of my best ideas since having someone edit the show. So, you know, there's a balance here. On one hand, I'm so glad, as I said, that I was able to edit my own show and I have this brand new skill. Like there's really nothing in GarageBand that I can't do at this point, at least from a podcasting perspective, which is great. But I think I held on to it for a little too long. Not that I I don't think I've taken any kind of negative repercussions for that, but it was a learning lesson in that I think I will try to evaluate a little bit sooner, try to evaluate my own energy and my own capacity before waiting till I'm at the point where I feel like I've hit some kind of plateau. Mm, I love totally. this example because it it covers like so much of what we already talked about. The the first thing being asking uh, when do I know it's time to outsource something? Yeah. You know, and Steph said she just kind of had this sense that her time could have been spent better elsewhere. That's a clear sign. But having edited her podcast she learned some valuable things. She became a better interviewer because of it, right? Yeah. Because she knew what editing was. She knew she was listening to herself back and learning what she had to cut and totally. splice and so on. So there was something valuable there. And then at some point, long before you started um, outsourcing this stuff, you probably had a sense that you weren't learning anything new. Yeah. And it was probably only like three or four months into it, I would imagine, or maybe six mm. months into it. Yeah. So there's, you know, exactly. you probably could have done this a lot, a lot sooner, but um, that's another warning sign. You know, if, if you're going to decide to do something on your own because you feel like it's, it's worth learning, that's cool because you're going to be able to document the system really well yourself and know what to look for. But as soon as you stop 
learning anything new and you're not contributing anything magical to your business yeah. to this this task, then it's probably time to look. Yeah, and then we did something. Uh, okay, so now another example of this is Corbett. Talk about our course production sort of system, our process yeah. that we created. Yeah. Okay. So in Steph's case, what she just talked about really involved a system and a service, right? The service yeah. being this person who does, and I guess it's a person, but it's a business who has a, an editing yeah. podcast service, yeah. right? In this case that we're talking about now, uh, Chase and I had this sense that we were kind of reinventing the wheel every time we were producing a course at Fizzle. Yeah. And we have like 35 inside of Fizzle, something like that. And I know for a fact that the first 20 or so were all just done differently. Every time it was like we reinvented the wheel and sometimes you produced the course, sometimes I produced it, sometimes Caleb did, or we had a guest involved. There were all kinds of different scenarios. And every time it was like we would get halfway into it and we'd be like, okay, what comes next? And uh, what are we waiting for? To And when is this going to be done exactly? Yeah. And then it would kind of get mired in the process for a while and it would just seem like it took forever. And so finally we sat down and we said, okay, we need to outline everything that happens in the course production process, because there's a lot of steps in creating yeah. a course, so that we can say who can do which piece. You know, Systems are really important for when you're coordinating with other people, because yeah. you can learn where the handoffs are and so on. Uh, and then we could also say, is this thing necessary? Is there a better way to do this? And what I really like about that was the way that we refined the the course discovery and scripting process. Remember in the yeah. beginning, yeah. it always just kind of happened organically, and we had different results. I'd say each time. Mm. You know, sometimes it was great, sometimes it wasn't. But we discovered a way for us through multiple revisions in the beginning to come up with something that pretty consistently produced a better product. Yeah, and I really like the courses that we came up with most yeah. recently. The, the handful. Yeah. So I mean, that's a great example of we didn't hire that out at all. Yeah. But we kind of. We kind of got into work on our business mode. Yes. Instead of taking on the next course, we realized we keep making courses. We're like we're reinventing too long, and the results are kind of across the board. Totally. Yeah. We're re- I like how you put it. We're reinventing the wheel. So you might have that task. Some of those tasks in your business right now, where it's like I'm reinventing the wheel every time I sit down to do this. Another great example of this was already mentioned. Uh, it was. Steph's talking about how if you're sending an email again and again, if you notice yourself send an email for the third time, yeah. then it's time to put that in a little swipe file. And some people are talking about putting that in Trello or a Google Doc or something like that. Us hardcore nerds have to use something like Text Expander. Yep. Which I like live and die by. Right. Um, for just I mean, even though I don't use it for very much anymore, I still use it for a handful of important things. And what that allows me to do, it's a tool, right? Think about this. This is a tool that enables this very systematic thing where it's yeah. like, hey, anytime I'm emailing someone about this specific thing, I do this little short code in my, in my, uh, in my text expander and boop, boop, it expands and I can enter their name right there and it automatically adds it into two different places, you know? Yeah. It's so useful to use Text Expander for that. Yep. Any other examples before Corbett? I have you sort of finish us out here. One other quick example: um, there are a, a new class of services or, or tools out there that help you build web pages mm. that are like plugins yeah. for WordPress. Yeah. That, um, help you visually design web pages. There are themes like Divi, mm-hmm. and then there are plugins like Elementor. And the cool thing about this is, if you're one of those people that come from a you know building web pages background or design background, you might find yourself sitting there for weeks down in the CSS and, and yeah. HTML, like hand coding something. That's a case where you could outsource it to a person mm-hmm. because the CSS on your site isn't magic; it's not secret sauce for you. Yeah. Or you could use one of these plugins like Elementor, which is free, or you can upgrade to Pro for like fifty bucks. It's Amazing what you can do for fifty dollars yeah. plugin, and this allows you just to visually drag and drop things into a web page and come up with something that looks really great in a fraction of the time that it would take you to hand code it. Yeah. So that's an example where a tool might save you a bunch of time. But in order to get to that point, again, it all starts with listing everything that you do, and then working out a system and looking at the system and saying, well, 
in this flow for me to create, let's say, a new sales page, it involves me outlining the thing and then doing a design in Photoshop and then taking that and turning it into CSS and HTML yeah. and, and so on. And if instead I just did it all in one step with this tool, I could save myself three days. Yeah, That's totally. Deal. It's a tool that enables you to make a web page, like a landing page. Elementor is the one that you've put on the Fizzle site yeah. that we're thinking about yeah, using. using. Yeah, Sweet action. Sweet action. Okay, so Corbett, uh, uh, I want you to. I want you to tell. Like, we're at this point now where it's like, okay, you've given me all this insight and, and sort of like a broad perspective on what it's like to get a to 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 get systematic about my business. Mm-hmm. Getting systematic about your business is what'll get your head up out of the water so you can see clearly again. And then sometimes you might be in a situation where it's like, all right, it's time to find an actual person yeah. to help me. Yeah. Either a, a, like like either full time or as a contractor or something like that. Yep. Right. So take us out here with with your advice for someone who's in that point for the first time. Yeah. What would you say is is your advice for them? Yeah. So let's say you did step one that we advised everybody to do. You listed everything that you do in your business. Yeah. It should always start with systems, identifying the systems, and then if you identify things where you could save time, you're going to start to look for tools and you're going to start to look for services that could help you out. Mm. But you're not always going to find those, mm. right? There might not be a perfect piece of software or tool or some ready-made service out there to help you. If you're talking about editing a podcast, sure, there's tons of services out there to do that. But if it's something that's a little more specific to your business, or if it's just like, let's say you spend 10 hours a week doing customer support, yeah. sending emails to people, there's probably not a service for that, although maybe there is. <laughs> but it may be that you just feel like you need somebody on your team and uh, somebody that can help you with this. As Steph said before, when she was on Fizzle Friday with, with this Fizzler who felt really overwhelmed, a light bulb kind of went off when Steph said, you know, you could just get someone to help you like a couple hours a week or a few yeah. hours a week or something. You don't have to immediately go from not finding a tool or a service to suddenly hiring somebody full time on salary to do this thing for you. There are plenty of people out there. In fact, there are other business owners just like you who are trying to get their businesses off the ground. And maybe their business is being a virtual assistant or maybe their business is doing customer support for people, right? And you could make some other small business owner, some other indie entrepreneur very happy by hiring them to do something for you. And it could be something really small. We have a woman on our team now named Penny who is just in there doing customer support email for us. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge help for us. She's triaging in there, assigning things out and answering the ones that she can answer. And it saves us a ton of time, but it's not this massive involved thing. You know, um, we found her because she was a member of our community. We put a little job posting out there and, uh, she ends up working like five or 10 hours a week or something like that for us. Yeah. So it's, it's easy, it's affordable. And in order to bring someone on, you said early, you, you felt like it was this giant hassle, yeah, right? Yeah. In order to hire someone. Well, if you just, you know, scale things back, don't think about employees right away. Just think about, I need a contractor to do this one specific task for me. And it doesn't have to be that many hours a week. In order to bring someone on like that, you just have to find a person. And it may be somebody that you know. It could be like somebody's aunt who just retired or, or something like that or somebody in your, in your town. Uh, in order to hire them, there's really just two steps involved, right? Uh, you need some sort of a contract. And there's all kinds of boilerplate out there. You yeah. buy a book like from Nolo or, or you know, a Four Dummies book or something. Or you could find a lawyer and have that person draft one for you, and it might just cost you a couple hundred bucks. Uh-huh. Then you're gonna have this contract signed that says these are the things the contractor is going to do for me. This is what I'm going to pay them, mm-hmm. and that I own all the work or my business owns all the work. And then you just need to a way to pay this person. And we've talked about this a million times recently because they've been a sponsor of ours. Yeah, but a, a payroll service like Gusto, which you can get three months payroll for free if you yeah. fizz, uh, gusto.com slash fizzle. Yeah. Um, you just need a way to pay that person and track the hours that they work and what you paid them so that you can generate the correct forms at the end of the year. Yeah. And that, totally. that's really like the basics of it. It doesn't have to be this big complicated thing. And then boom, here you go. You've got uh, somebody working on your team now. Yeah. And it's a part of your business system. If right. it works, it's a, it'll keep working. If it doesn't work, you'll reevaluate at some point. Yeah. But now your system has grown, and 
like Steph, what I love so much about Steph's example about editing the podcast is as she said in her own words, now I have more time to do the work that actually grows the podcast instead of just sitting there spending hours and hours and hours just editing the sucker. Yeah. What matters more like editing it or getting more people to listen to it? Yeah, totally. Totally. Love that. Steph, any, any final words here as we come to a close? I don't think so. I hope it's been helpful. I know, I, like I said, I've, I've definitely felt that overwhelm myself and um, I just encourage people to try to approach it with some creativity. It doesn't have to be, you know, like, like we've said a few times now, it doesn't have to be a full on hire or nothing. There's a lot of tools and um, ideas in the in-between and I think that's pretty exciting. Love it. All right, guys, that is episode 259 of The Fizzle Show. We want to thank you so much for paying attention to us as we talk, and I hope this has been very helpful for you, and I hope you've been maybe at a business at a stage where you can, you know, you can start hiring people and just get some help on your business, because that's always exciting. You know, that's a very exciting thing to be doing. Um, if you want to get show notes for this episode, you just go fizzleshow.co slash... 259 because that's the number it happens like that every week i don't know if you knew that it's every every physical show episodes the number it's physicalshow.co slash the number that the episode was at so that happens like that every week and this is no exception and you can go there and i think you should and that's basically all i have to say to you at this point and i i hope you are having a great week it's going to be so much fun to hang out. Do this until it's, until we break. I personally, <laughs> I personally am having a good time, and I hope that you are too. Okay, that's all from the Fizzle Show. Signing off from Corbett Bar, Steph Crowder, and Chase Reeves. We'll see you there. We'll see you at another time. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week on the Fizzle Show.